welcome to the panel scanners and tonight we're going to talk about what we are looking forward to for the year 2021 oh man see now that there's so many of us i feel like we need to at least address who's talking i am your host phil and with me tonight is matt say hello matt hello matt i was expecting that that was that was the right answer uh gary how are you tonight i'm doing well doing well yeah, that's it. That's it. Just doing okay. Well, it's good. <laughs> and my my longest companion, Darren. How's it going, Darren? May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> we, what a world, what a world. We may have been talking some space balls off air. Uh, I uh, backed a game on Kickstarter a few years back that had some um, Kickstarter exclusive space ball uh, borrowed figures so uh, i was showing them off a little bit before we get started speaking of getting started we have a lot that we're going to want to talk about so uh what you're looking forward to for us is the things the 10 things that each one of us is looking forward to the most for the year 2021 and you know these are obviously going to be a little bit different for each one of us and i'm sure we might jab at each other a little bit and agree a little bit on these things um, so I'm actually just going to kick it off right away with my 10 through six and, uh, my number 10, and I got to tell you when I was putting this list together, I was, I was struggling a lot because there are a lot of things that are happening in 2021. Um, the one that is off book that is not even on here is the potential to be outside again. Um, I think everybody will have that somewhere on their list. <laughs> but uh, until we know if that is even going to occur in 2021, um, my number 10 is for the video game Avengers, the DLC. The game is kind of crappy, but they are adding characters throughout, including Hawkeye. We already got Kate Bishop. haven't tried her yet. I was waiting for the update for my PS5, Spider-Man, and a few others. Uh, I think if it, the story continues as strong as the main game, it should be good. Number nine is something that generally falls on both mine and Darren's list every single year, which is finding new comics to read. It's always exciting to find something new, uh, and we do well with it every year. My number eight is Bravely Default 2, uh, which will be a Switch game. Um, if you didn't get to play the first one on the Nintendo 3DS, it was one of the most fantastic old school JRPGs that has been released in a long time. It's got a really good class system. And if two is all as good as the original, it is going to be a blast. And that drops this year. Number seven is Reign of X, which is the continuation of Jonathan Hickman's run on X-Men. I'm not sure if it's going to be great. I'm not sure if it's going to finally get me to drop all those X-Men books. But Reign of X, as it sounds, and that's not rain as in falling from the sky, R-E-I-G-N. So they're in control. They are on top. And number six, uh, we talked about this a little earlier this month. All of the Star Wars that is going to occur on Disney+, Plus. I'm excited for it. Specifically, Boba Fett and Mandalorian Season 3. Darren, hit me. I got what a couple your... of honorable mentions. Uh, baseball, specifically Major um, MILB, Minor League Baseball. I, in the recent years, just love going to minor league games. It's a lot easier to take the family to a minor league game. Uh, but, of course, the final season of Cleveland Indians baseball. And, yep, 
We recorded this just, uh, we're recording this uh, the same night that Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco were traded. Um, Terrible. This is, this is, of course, you guys are hearing this a couple weeks ago. J-Ram has been their best player anyway. Um, but anyway, Browns in the playoffs. That was a couple weeks ago. So I was looking forward to that. Geeky jerseys. Hopefully they'll still be. Yeah, maybe. Geeky jerseys. little peek behind the curtain. I keep forgetting sometimes that this isn't airing for a couple of weeks. Geeky jerseys is something I've kind of fallen in love with. I have a few of these things. I I, I won't buy 99.9% of what they have, but I love the creative uh, juices they throw into these things. They're really fun to look at. And uh, I think I've... Uh, I've got one of our buddies on this podcast. My my buddy Gary's. Uh, I think I've I've wet his appetite to check these, some of these things out too. Um, we'll see about Carolyn John's free come up with day midnight release party. If I had to guess, probably not. But I mean, maybe we'll be able to get out there this year. That was something I definitely missed. Uh, one of the big things I missed next year. Of course, I think I'll side with you, Phil, and all. Hopefully, at some point this year, we return to some sense of normalcy. Uh, those are my honorable mentions. Number ten would have been. My runaway number one, as its original release date was later in January, but the release of season three of Cobra Kai was moved up to New Year's Day. So since it's already available, I moved it to the back of my list, but that easily would have been my runaway number one. Number nine, I pre-ordered the Atari VCS because I did, and that's a thing I did. And that's supposed to be headed towards my way. It's out. It's got some really good reviews. People seem to really be loving it. My number eight... Prop Culture Season 2. Technically not announced yet, but if you've seen Prop Culture on Disney+, Plus, I fell in love with that show. Uh, seeing some of those artifacts was just really such a... Even like movies I wasn't all that attached to, like Mary Poppins, like when they pull out the girl, little girl's dress and she's like a 65-year-old woman and she and she gets to see her old dress. I, I, that, it's just cool stuff. Um, number seven, new comics. You're right there with me, Phil. Um, I always like to see if something can knock... My previous year's number one, which was Once in Future, off of my top spot. Phil, or excuse me, Matt, if you've not heard of Once in Future, i got to get those things to you. It's Arthurian legend. You're going to love it. Um, and number six fell out of my top five because of its lackluster trailer. I am speaking, of course, of Super Superman and Lois. Um, I'm absolutely looking forward to see how the CW handles... Uh, a Superman weekly television series. Gary, what have you right. got? Well, <clears throat> I had trouble with this list as well because, as I've mentioned before, I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, so my 10 through 6, uh, mostly having to do with comic books. Go figure. Uh, my number 10, I'm looking forward to receiving my Knights of the Golden Sun number 8. I think I mentioned that during the year-end awards uh, for art. Um, looking forward to starting that one. Um, looking up to looking forward at number nine to catching up on Monstrous. Um, I've seen the uh, I, 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 what, what's, what's the term for it? The uh, compiled books, compendium uh, editions, trades. paperbacks. Yes, the trades. Thank you. Uh, brain fart there. Uh, saw the trade. Right. Thought about picking them up. I know Phil said he had him. He can loan him to me, but I didn't know if I could wait that long. <laughs> Looking for number eight, down. Transformers 84, the next issue. Um, I say this specifically because not only am I enjoying that series, but as I mentioned before, I think the story arc is about to change. Um, like I said, all, all the events that everyone is familiar with have occurred. So now this is the new branch of the series. 
Uh, number seven, just new books in general. After listening to our year-end uh, podcast, I realized I was really kind of Transformers heavy. So I've been looking into some new books. Um, there's one that I started that I cannot describe in words. Um, I'm going to give it a couple more issues huh. to see where it goes. But um, I just remember. I'm lo- looking to find some new stuff. And uh, number six, and this is not higher in the list because I, I mentioned in the last podcast about the P- PTSD, uh, the Transformers movies that are coming out. Uh, they would be higher up, except, again, you know, I've been hurt before. And uh, I will have to wait until they come out before I can uh, really invest myself emotionally. So, that is my 10 Awesome. Uh, I'm going to start with my honorable mentions. So, uh, as Darren can attest to, uh, this last year I decided that I would get into uh, motorcycling. Um, so I was doing that and, uh, it went well. So yeah, <laughs> Darren knows how that started off with a thud and a bang and a couple of other loud metal noises. Um, but no, looking forward to the warm weather. Um, cause I do believe that hopefully it'll bring the end of this, uh, COVID mess, uh, with hopefully the vaccination being easier to get our hands on. Um, but yeah, my, I'm looking forward to when the weather warms up, getting the opportunity to go motorcycle camping, camping, um, also looking forward to Cleveland sports. Um, you know, it's really cool. I don't know when this is going to air exactly, but it's just nice to know that the Browns made it to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm really excited for that one. Uh, really surprising that somehow the Philadelphia Eagles managed to wedge their way into the playoffs, even though they technically didn't make it. Uh, but the Browns and Eagles play a uh, Super Bowl is going to be exciting. Now, uh, I'm excited for them. Um, you know, I'm excited to see uh, how they do this year, uh, how this uh, first playoffs in 20 years goes for us. So this will be kind of exciting for us. Liverpool fans, so I'm rooting for Liverpool to win the Premier League again. So I'm excited for them. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going for for the honorable mentions. Uh, number 10 for me is The Green Knight, which is going to be an A24 movie production. Uh, it's going to star Dev Patel, and it's going to be based in Arthurian legend. And it's going to be more of a gritty uh, version of the Arthurian legend. Um, it kind of strikes me, if you guys watch the trailers on IMDb, it looks a lot like Valhalla Rising, which is really strange film, but absolutely breathtaking in terms of its scenery and, and cinematic uh, components to it. That started Mads Mikkelsen. <clears throat> awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, it's really, really good. But this kind of has that same feel to it. It's a little bit more of an art house film based in the fantasy genre, so that's kind of cool. Number nine, I have to put down there with an asterisk for me. It's going to be the Assassin's Creed adaptation. Um, so I know in 2016, they tried to do Assassin's Creed video game, which I'm a massive fan of. Uh, they tried to do it justice by making a movie. They did not uh, do it justice. Um, but at the same time, Ubisoft did sign a multi-year deal with these folks uh, in terms of producing movies or TV content. So they're going to be doing a, a TV series. I'm excited about that. It's penciled for 2021. But even if it doesn't come out in 2021, we should still get a trailer for it. So I guess that'll be my number nine as a trailer for it. Uh, sticking with the video game theme, Uncharted is going to be having a movie coming out this year. So I'm excited to see that part of it. I think Darren and I can agree on that one. That's a, an amazing uh, video game series. Uh, as I understand it, Tom Holland's going to be taking part of Nathan Drake. So it's got to be very, very interesting. Um, number seven for me, again, we're going to notice the theme here is a lot of movies here at the top. Uh, Matrix four. Now, um, I think there is no one in this room who would disagree or would disagree with the notion that really the only Matrix movie worth watching is the first one. 
Uh, Matrix 2 and 3 were not particularly good films, but I am excited to see uh, Matrix 4. I did see the original Matrix movie, I would say, at least three or four times in the movie theater when it came out in 99. So I'm excited to see what they're going to be doing from a um, technical aspect in uh, 2021. Uh, and that's due around the holiday season. And then lastly, uh, for my 10 through 6, is going to be the movie Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. I'm extremely excited about that one. It's got a very John Wick feel to it. Uh, as a person who used to have a, a previous life that was kind of gritty and nasty, uh, and then he sells that out for a life with suburbia uh, in the trailer, which is outstanding, which I've watched way too many times to admit. Uh, excited for the notion of uh, seeing a character who overcorrected his bad deeds uh, and then kind of finds himself somewhere in the middle. Uh, that just looks really, really exciting, and it seems like it's going to be uh, a really good comedy with a lot of action, but I'm excited about that one. So that's my 10 through 6. I've seen that too. <laughs> Not familiar with the character, but yeah, it, it looks outstanding. When when does the Assassin's Creed movie come out? Assassin's Creed movie came out in 2016. The the series is, was due to be released uh, in on November 25th, is what they have originally down. But they obviously with COVID, they had to bump it back. I believe that it started recording in October, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they, I believe they've already started the production on it. Uh, so we'll see how that works. Out. You and I have to sit down and have a long conversation because you're probably the biggest film buff I know next to my friend Mark, who's, who's been on the podcast. I have completely lost whatever love I had for watching movies, and I don't know how that happened. <clears throat> like I just like when it comes to watching movies, like even Wonder Woman '84. I mean, it was sitting there. I all I had to do was press a button on my remote, and I could have watched it. Now it's kind of I kind of approached it like it was a chore. Um, and I, and I, there's no reason because I'm, I'm, I'm a comic book guy. I love the first movie. I should be like, I should have been leaping out of my chair. Like this is going to be beamed into my house. I don't have to because do anything. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. It's also two hours of your time. If you got other stuff to do. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously since CJ was born, it's been a little bit more difficult to find the time, uh, to watch these things. So I, don't even remember the last time I was in a movie theater, which was, which is, I, I, we, I used to see everything that came out. I would go to the theater well, every weekend and I haven't, I don't even remember. But, but is it, is it comic book movies or is it movies completely? Well, you know, Phil, I think you and I, you kind of helped me through this a few years ago when right around the time Jim joined where I definitely went through a superhero fatigue all the movies, all the stuff coming out. Not necessarily with the comic books, because I enjoy but I But yeah, I wasn't even reading superhero comics, and I don't think I am now. But it's just, I find, I, I, I wonder, to me, if it's the mass of choice right now, because of all these streaming services, the hundreds of thousands of movies you have available, why would I pick one over another and if i'm going to spend time watching a movie it's kind of like i don't have time for okay movies anymore you know what i mean like i would totally go see like if i uh, there was a time like i didn't know assassin's creed movie came out i can't believe that slipped off my radar i would have gone to see that movie even though i didn't play the games i would have been like oh yeah i'm going to see that of course so i don't know i i i I lament that because that was one of my favorite things ever was watching movies and, and analyzing movies and talking about movies. And I, I, Matt will probably reach through the computer and slap me. I've never even seen John Wick. Oh, uh, see? Oh, 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 oh. 
either. That's unfortunate. Oh, John Wick is a was a uh, was one of those movies where uh, I don't know. It's just one of those ones where I went into it with again with no expectations and was just floored. And how it's outstanding. It is top to bottom. It's just one of those ones where where the uh, the imagery of it, the action of it, the music in it, uh, all of it just lined up perfectly. Uh, it certainly felt like it was the the director. I think he was a, a longtime action um, choreographer and stuff like that in, in fighting films and whatnot and stunt person. Uh, and it just I think it was his his uh, little baby. And, and what, so when he introduced it, there was a lot of love to it. And he really did care about it. It's just a lot of fun to watch. I remember when you were telling me about that movie. And you were mm-hmm. so excited and so enthusiastic, and oh, I, I wanted to watch it so bad. But then I realized you were talking to me about the movie as if I'd seen it, and I'm like, <laughs> "Man, I feel really silly now if I tell him I haven't seen this movie." <laughs> um, so I don't know. I hate to digress here, guys, but that's just one of those things where I, listening to your list, and I'm like. There's a time where our lists are virtually identical, and I don't think I have a movie on my list at all. <laughs> and I don't think I've had one on my list for several years. Sorry about that, Phil. I was, I was going to ask Matt if you could explain the whole money situation in John Wick. How can one coin pay for a room, but also that one coin is what it costs to get a drink? Oh, I don't put logic into the John Wick film. I mean, I don't know if you saw the end of John Wick 3, but somehow, some way, that that story can continue. And in fact, that was actually one of the things. So I'm really kind of disappointed that it went the way that it went because, as I understood it, John Wick 4 was actually supposed to be coming out this year instead of Matrix 4. Um, But they had to push back the uh, production for John Wick 4 in order for him to complete his production within Matrix 4. And out of those two films, I would have rather had the, the extra John Wick movie. Um, but yeah, no, there's no logic behind it. It's just a, it's a goofy plot. And, and if, if you buy into the universe that they've built for us, uh, it's just a whole lot of fun to watch. I, I agree. It's, it's like a, it's, it's a action movie that knows action movies are ridiculous and it does not yep. take itself serious. Oh, it's very tongue in cheek. I- yeah. It plays on every single trope and every single stereotype out of every action movie. And it is, yeah, it's very, it, it without, um, going the way of Deadpool and breaking really down that fourth wall, it really lets you know that it's in on the joke and it's really funny. Yeah, the dialogue. See, the money thing was a joke, but the timing was off. Well, wasn't there, <laughs> I just felt like there was a while there where every action movie came out was essentially a parody of an action movie because they just couldn't be taken seriously anymore. Well, and that's like the modern horror genre too. I feel like uh, the, the horror movies that are kind of like the realize that they're in a horror movie, I think are the ones that I probably like the best, but I feel like that's kind of its own little subgenre of, okay. of horror yeah. movie as well. For sure. All right, you guys ready to jump into these uh, these heavier ones? Yeah, I'm ready. Good. Let me just say, yes. this is one of my favorite episodes to do every year because I love hearing what everyone else comes up with because invariably there's something I'm completely unaware of. And stunned that I'm unaware of it, and then ends up like, oh, that would have been like number seven. Anyway, Phil, please, wow. Right. So my list for the first time in a long time is is going to be a little more uh, video game heavy. Um, one of my favorite games from 2017, a oh. well-known Metroid game, Hollow Knight. Does everybody know Hollow Knight? Nope, I do not. No, I'm afraid I don't. 
It is. Are you guys familiar with the Metroidvania style of gaming? Metroidvania, like Castlevania and Metroid. Yeah. So like yeah. your uh, Symphony of the Night, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, where you have like the big map, you have to keep backtracking with like new abilities. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this fantastic indie game called Hollow Knight came out in 2017. And one, if you haven't played it and you have time to play games still in your life, I would highly recommend it, picking it up because you can get it super cheap. Um, it's a side-scrolling Metroidvania game. And the sequel is said to come out this year, Hollow Knight Silk Song, which is following the story of the Silk Knight from the first game. Uh, the, the premise of the, the game is that you are like a bug knight, but like you're a hollow soul and you're trying to figure out what's going on in bug world. And it's just with a quick Google search, you can see the art, like it's all hand drawn, really cool um, stylized art. And you gain different abilities as you go through it. You can get like a darkness dash. You get like a soul sword that you can cut into things and enemies that you've beaten and fight harder versions of them. And it's just this challenge of this side scrolling platformer that, I, it just it, I haven't found anything quite like it in modern gaming, and it just fits perfectly well. And I like having a few games on my Switch uh, to pick up and and kind of play on the go in between things. Uh, especially once like I'm not in my house, it'll be nice to have these things to just kind of pick up and play in little like breath periods that I have during the day. Um, I know frequently now as a teacher in office hours waiting for students to come to my office hours, I, uh, I play my Switch, specifically Hades at the moment. Um, and I think Holiday Silk Song will fit that perfectly for me. And cool. it's just a game that they, yeah, they announced it two years ago almost now. And um, I, I've been so excited for it since. And yeah, like seriously, do do a Google search at some point and check out Hollow Knight. It's uh, it is a well well deserved game to go back and check out if you have the time. So my number five is Hollow Knight Silk Song, most likely on the Switch, maybe my PS Five. My number Darren? five is Masters of the Universe Ooh. series. There are two of them coming this year from Netflix. One of them is. Uh, tied to Masters of the Universe Origins, which is the new Masters of the Universe toy line. And the other one is the one that I think everyone's talking about, um, which is Masters of the Universe Revelation. And that is the one that is being done by Kevin Smith, which is a continuation of the Filmation series. You may have heard that um, voice actor named Mark Hamill is taking over the role of Skeletor. Um, and this is absolutely going to be the year of Masters of the Universe. Um, my love for Masters of the Universe trailed only by Star Wars, trailed, uh, trailed only Star Wars for a time when I was a little boy. I carried a love for that colorful universe ever since. Now, I'd say roughly around this time last year, I started going through a lot of stuff in my basement considering I, I was, you know, going to drive over. Uh, Gary and I, we we used to do this thing, uh, every now and then we'd go out and we do comic booking like people do antiquing and there was... You know, a bunch of comic book stores all clumped together there in Parma. And, you know, and I love going to Carolyn John's now. So I was going to take a bunch of sh stuff and shop it around to see if they wanted it. Especially Carolyn John's. I would, would I mean, I probably would have just given some of the stuff to them. Um, obviously, uh, that, that's not happened because of 2020. But I had a box. 
of all my old Masters of the Universe toys that were played with and played with and played with and played with and played with because I loved them so much as a kid. Virtually falling apart, barely held together by the rubber bands that had since, you know, atrophied into a little more than dust with the legs falling off. And I moved that box out and CJ was in the basement with me and it was like one of those things, he's like the Flash, like I saw him on the couch, I knew I needed to move this box, I didn't want him to see what was in it because I was pretty much going to give him all the stuff anyway, but all of them were broken and I wanted to figure out how to fix them. And I move the box, I see CJ on the couch, I turn around to grab something else, I turn back and he's standing over the box. And he's like... Daddy, what's all this? I'm like, well, the cat's out of the bag now. So I pulled it out, and we sat on the floor of my basement, just him pulling out the action figures and asking me who they were. And I actually kind of gave him the option, like, well, you can kind of make up your own names. And he kind of, I, I don't know how, but he sort of got like, no, these guys have names. So I showed him, and, and, and in the box I had forgotten, I had actually purchased season one, or volume one of the Filmation series, um, and he wanted to, he knew, he knew about discs. He's like, are these discs, Daddy? He's called discs. Um, so I was like, yeah. So we put it in, and he started watching the show. And he's like, he realizes, oh, I've got He-Man in my hand. And he just fell in love with it. I think I sent Gary pictures of CJ refusing to wear a shirt and pants because He-Man wears underwear. And he's got his sword stuck in his underwear so he could pull it out like He-Man. And then... Um, it's like know, his dad. Yeah, you know, on a normal day. Um, and then in July, you know, CJ had to have a couple of surgeries. It was a really rough month. So he had at that point really just completely fallen in love with Masters of the Universe. So I hunted and found Castle Grayskull. And I'm going to do a little uh, audio aid here. I hope this comes through okay. I gave him Castle Grayskull the morning after one of his surgeries for being such a brave little boy. And this is him opening it. There's no sound. Hold on. Do you know what this is? It's Castle Feaskull. Do you know what this is? It's Castle Feaskull. Um, and he was just so excited, and we've been playing with that ever since. He asked me for Snake Mountain for Christmas, so I had to go hunt that down. They make one, a new one. It's seven hundred and fifty bucks. I didn't get him that one. Um, I got him the old Snake Mountain. I've, I've been managing to piece things together. He loves playing with these things. This is going to be the year of Masters of the Universe. i got to tell you, just being on the floor, laying on the floor with him, letting him just dictate all of the storylines and all the play. And these things are falling apart, and he does not care. So his birthday's coming up. We're going to get them all. We're going to replace all the ones that are falling apart and irreparable with the new versions, which fit all of the old uh, play sets and vehicles. So... My number five is uh, Masters of the Universe. Well, you know that uh, toy store down in Canal Fulton that we go to? They, they've oh, got yeah. a lot of that stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Yep, I've seen that Castle Grayskull uh, maquette statue, and it looks really cool. <laughs> All right. That'd be me, huh? Well, uh, my number five, and this is... Uh, yeah, sort of mentioned, but attending live sports. Um, last year was the first year I did not make it to the Indians home opener. Uh, also the first year I did not make it to at least one Browns game. Um, you know, for, for, for things that I enjoy, 
throughout the year, you know, watching baseball, watching football, it, it really like it felt like there was a, a real big piece of existing missing. Um, I mean, especially with the baseball, because it, it was always like, you know, the, the live event we kicked off the season. And then, you know, I either listen to or watch games all year. I don't know if I even listened to a full game the entire season because it just never felt like it started. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's there's really not much more to that. Just uh, attending the live sports to get back into the swing of things. Can I ask you guys a question about that? I would like to get your thoughts on something. And I'm glad you brought that up, Gary. Here's the experience I had with when sports went silent because it was like I remember reading something that the longest period where there was no professional sports was World War II, of course, where everything was canceled. And then after that, it was before the NBA catches on, it was the end of the World Series and the beginning of the football season. There was nothing. Um, I found myself in March, and I think it was because of all the, you know, the uncertainty. I didn't miss it at all not a second of it and then by the time i think i got to may or june when they announced like the nba is going to restart major league baseball is going to restart the nhl is going to restart and it just so happened that uh you know the blue jackets i'm a blue jackets fan uh they're going to be in the playoffs and um you know the indians still you know hey the model of consistency in this town cavaliers weren't involved of course which is my favorite but in the week or two leading up, I was like ready. I was fiending it. So I went from like two extremes. I went like, wasn't even thinking about it. Didn't miss it for a second. Really didn't even care about following the news of what was going on until about two weeks before those leagues were about to start up where I'm like, what are we waiting for? Let's go. What were your, what, what did you guys experience with that? Well, well in the words of uh, Mike Polk Jr. during his Factory of Sadness rant, <laughs> Um, my old college I realize there's more thing, more important things in life than sports, but you're supposed to be our distraction from those things. Very good point. So as 2020 was, you know, spinning the drain, you know, getting flushed daily, I, I missed the distraction, you know, whether it was fantasy sports or just something else to pay attention to, you know, because I mean, especially me, you know, I, I've been, Unemployed since March, man, it was just the same thing every day, you know? So not having that distraction there was, like I said, it felt like there was a piece of something missing, if for nothing else than a distraction. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I think uh, for me, it was, I, I agree. It was, I was really disappointed. You know, NBA, I feel, is in a really good spot right now with the, the star power that it has at the top and, I don't know. I mean, I know the the Cavs are not what they once were, but even having the the basketball season kind of put on a hiatus uh, for a little while uh, was kind of disappointing. I mentioned Liverpool in my honorable mentions. It really kind of bothered me because this was going to be the year for them, and that was going to be the year for them. Now, it ultimately ended up being that, um, and and they went ahead and, and did what they were supposed to have done, which is win the Premier League. But it was just kind of, you know, it was a, sort of a bummer. It's it, as uh, Gary was saying, you know, it is a nice distraction from from the pains of reality sometimes and just a nice way. But not only that, it's also a communal thing, too, which I think is throughout this entire process. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy being by myself and I enjoy being a homebody. But, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And, and having that option to get out there and, and have a shared experience with a group of people that you don't really know is such a beautiful thing. Um, you know, taking your kids to a game. 
uh, you know, a baseball game uh, is just such a, it's just such a summertime activity that, um, I, you know, I, I used to always, oh, I only get out to an Indians game four or five times a year and it doesn't seem like a whole lot. You know, I'd like to get out there for a little bit more and not being allowed to go at all was really, really disappointing. And, and what was, was how thirsty I was for things when they, baseball season for some reason that I think similar to what Gary was saying, it just kind of didn't feel like it ever really started. And then the world series was happening and I just sort of didn't really care. It really didn't grab my attention. Um, but I thought the baseball or the basketball season did a wonderful job in the bubble. I thought that was, that was amazing. I thought that the way that that, especially, and then it also ended up being two of the more entertaining teams in the finals. So I thought that was really great too, but in the NFL season for all of the NFL leadership shortcomings, and I do think they have a terrible head of operations, um, but but at least the product they were putting on. This has been a very very entertaining football season for uh, both just as a Browns fan, but also just as a football watcher. And because so, of yeah. course the Browns would be good in 2020. Why not? When no fans can actually, when a limited number of fans can actually go to the game. But yeah, why not? Sure. Phil? Oh. You there, Phil? Yeah, sorry. I was having some internet hiccups. All right, number four. Uh, this is something that I've mentioned a bit, and uh, I don't get to really talk about too much on the, the podcast, but something that I've missed incredibly this past year and I think will actually be able to be accomplished in 2021 is getting back to playing board games. Uh, I used to, on a weekly, uh, get together with a group of friends and play board games. And I've had a collection that has grown uh, exponentially during COVID. I backed a lot of games on Kickstarter uh, a few years back. And of course, they all decided to start shipping during COVID. So I have about 10 games that are sealed that have not been played um, that I need to get a group together to check out. And I mean, there's something cathartic about sitting around a table flipping your phones face down and just having like a real like hangout with, with the guys that there's no technology other than some music playing in the background and just rolling dice and moving miniatures across a board and laughing and making fun of each other for messing up the rules. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I think that it's, I think that it's kind of um, just one of those things that, I, I just really absolutely missed. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, closest I had to that was the uh, trading card game. Like I kind of mentioned in our end of the year about the Transformers trading card game that got canceled. You know, as far as getting together with strangers and playing and yeah, I, I, I can, I feel you on that. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh the human interaction of, of doing that. I think it's, it's the hunger for the human interaction too, in the real world that we are not getting um, because of, of where we're at right now. You know, we can't leave our houses really. Right. So I don't know. I, I just, it was the first thing that really popped in my head, but I didn't think it deserved to be number one. So it's, it's up a little bit higher on my list than uh, it probably deserves to be, but it is. It's, it's a big deal for me, and it's super important to move forward. So that is that is my my number four. All right. So. Well, my number four, Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
Listen, if not now, when? Right? If you go back a few years to our Star Wars special to December 17th, or December, excuse me, December of 17, um, which was recorded just prior to Matt's favorite Star Wars movie, Episode 8, The Last Jedi, I postulated that if ever there was something Star Wars owed us, it was placing Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi in better surroundings as, for many of us, he was truly among the few highlights of the prequel trilogy. Of course, I was unaware at the time that Disney was about to ruin Luke Skywalker. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Mandalorian Season 2 finale proved that Favreau and Filoni, the team in charge of the Star Wars television, are keenly aware of the damage that was done to Luke by the sequel trilogy and they gave us what we needed. That Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian was what we needed to see in those movies in the sequel trilogy. And here's a question I, I've been wanting to pose to some Star Wars fans out there. If you recall back to 2000, I want to say it was 2012 when it was announced that Disney purchased Lucasfilm and thereby owned Star Wars along with the other properties... They then announced very... I don't remember what the timeline was. I know we were only like within the first four or five episodes of doing the podcast, Phil. But they announced real shortly after they purchased Lucasfilm that they were going to make more Star Wars movies, which was not you know something that I think any of us were stunned about. Um, but they put out a cast photo. Do you guys remember this at all? The cast photo was like... Yep. It was essentially the table read of the force awakens and they brought in the new cast and r2d2 was in the background and anthony daniels was there peter mayhew was there carrie fisher was there mark hamill was there harrison ford was there everybody was there they were telling us they're all back we were not we cannot be blamed for expecting these characters to interact once again when in fact Luke never even sees Han Solo. They never even speak to each other, which to me was like, I'm going, I'm like, oh my God, Han and Luke on the same, you know, this is going to be great. You know, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And it never even happens. And then Luke is a total non-factor. And to the point where he makes things infinitely worse. And it's just like, and I remember watching that second movie with my hands on my head going, no. Because if you think about it, Luke was almost the forgotten man of the Star Wars universe after the prequel trilogy. And he was like the one thing that was sort of left untouched. Like he still existed. He was still who he was. Um, so anyway, I'm looking forward to Obi-Wan because they it's like they had to do damage control for Luke Skywalker when they weren't expecting to. And now, listen, Obi Ewan McGregor has aged perfectly into this particular period of Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is going to be great. I'm really excited for it. I mean, I think that of all the stuff Matt was talking about a couple of weeks ago, um, this television universe for Star Wars seems like it's in excellent hands. I don't think there's any reason to worry about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, at least not yet. Um, I guess we have to wait and see. I, did, I think it's probably going to be what? Probably around Christmas time because they're, they're in production right now. So we're looking at probably Boba Fett in December, maybe you'll be one in November. Sound reasonable? 
No, I think it actually is Christmas Day is supposed to be the release, or at least it's around that time period, yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yep. So Obi-Wan Kenobi, my number four. Gergar? Well, um, this one could have been swapped with number five for me. Um, with the live sports, uh, the return of live music, or actually going to movie theaters for me. Um, the previous few years prior to the pandemic, I had actually started attending more concerts than I think I had in my previous, you know, four decades of life. Um, either with my wife or my wife's niece, because we've got similar tastes in music. Um, and as I was looking over the list of movies coming out in 2021, I don't, I don't know if you guys took a full look at this rundown. I mean, obviously there was the, the James Bond movie that got pushed back from 2020, No Time to Die. Uh, the Maverick Top Gun movie. Oh, yeah. Mission Impossible <laughs> 7, Dune, uh, Fast and Furious 9, if you're into that, The Eternals, Morbius, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The King's Man, Matrix 4, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Space Jam 2, and the only one on this list that I will probably actually have a good chance of seeing in the theater, Boss Baby, Family Business. <laughs> So, I mean, there's just a lot coming up. A lot of stuff that was supposed to be last year, they got pushed over to this year. And I guess this is just me getting stir crazy. But, you know, when I had the option to do all this stuff before, I didn't want to. But now that I can't, yeah. it's really all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very interesting psychological study right there. I didn't want to. You told me I couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah, live music, going back to concerts, and getting out to a theater. Nice. So very good. My number four. Well yes. done. Well done. Matthew. Excellent. Yeah. So I think I got so wistful with talking about sports that I forgot to mention my number five. Uh, so I'm going to do number five and number four as quickly as I can. Uh, number five, I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, I just said Marvel phase four on Disney plus because uh, I'm a, I'm a rascal like that. Uh, but in order uh, from least excited to most excited WandaVision, uh, I'll go ahead and sit and watch that. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm a little bit more intrigued. And then I just really am excited for the Loki that's supposed to be coming over the summertime. I'm excited. Order of release almost. What's that? Oh, yeah, the order of release. Order of release. <laughs> so they're building up to it's the, the Matthew Larson scale is what they've built up. It's like um, Yeah, awesome. In uh, a point of order, for clarity's sake, uh, Darren pointed out that the, uh, the Last Jedi was my favorite Star Wars film. I believe that might be my favorite film of all time. Period. <laughs> uh, so I just want to make sure that we we get that out there and we make sure that that is recorded someplace so that some fanboy on the interwebs can go ahead and, and uh, tell me how wrong I am. Well, then I retract um, my former statement. I do not want to sit down and have a conversation with you. About <laughs> Too late now. That cat's out of the bag. Uh, number four for me, I decided to get away from the TV screen and the idiot box and the movie theater. Uh, I'm going to go with a book on this one, although it is a graphic novel. Um, every July for the last three years, um, the uh, McElroy family has released a comic book uh, to go along with their extremely popular podcast, uh, The Adventure yeah. Zone. And this July, it's going to be The Crystal Kingdom. Um, yes. It's it's a beautiful arc. Um, I think Pedals to the Metal was probably my one of my favorite. Actually, my favorite one is the 11th hour arc that they did, which is a, the one that's supposed to be following the Crystal Kingdom. So not July of 21, but really July of 22 is probably going to be my most uh, sought after in the series. But the Adventure Zone, um, if you haven't listened to the podcast, 
you really owe it to yourself to go back there and listen um, to the podcast. They're amazing. Uh, it's just a good group of people who enjoy being around one another. Um, but the arc itself is also, is an extremely beautifully organic, well-discovered, well-designed story that really kind of just did it. Uh, I, you know, the, the characters um, are really fleshed out. I think it's amazing. Crystal Kingdom is a beautiful arc, though. It's a beautiful series uh, in that. We're a beautiful storyline within that series. Um, so I'm excited for that one. So I've already pre-ordered that one, uh, and it'll be in my possession approximately two days after it's released, thanks to Amazon Prime. Um, to, to piggyback off of that a little bit, uh, it's definitely not on my list because somehow it slipped my mind. Uh, Crystal Kingdom is when it really starts to come together as like a cohesive story when you're listening yep. to the podcast. They did yep. a better job with the comic where everything is, is connected more. Yes. Um, because it started off with a, a pre-made uh, D&D campaign that the, yeah. the DM actually <laughs> ran with and, and changed some things and uh built from it and yeah crystal kingdom is when it gets like like petals of the metal the end of that that arc when i was when i was like this is going to be something special crystal Correct. kingdom just yep. solidified yeah um, crystal kingdom was great but i think it, it hit its uh its absolute zenith with um and, and the rest of it's fantastic too but it really hits a zenith with 11th hour i thought that was an amazing amazing series but yeah I'm I'm super excited for it, and I love the way that they've had to adapt the uh, the spoken word to the comic book genre, and they've just done a really fun job. I think they do a lot of uh, it's it's an easy series to get into, even if you're not familiar with the podcast. Um, but if you are familiar with the podcast, it's that much sweeter. So it's a good. I'm very excited about that one. And yeah, if you're looking for a story based podcast, D and D, some dice rolling. Going back to here, the Bee Gerblins Adventure <laughs> Zone is, 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 is a sequel to go. Fantastic. Because um, they're not competing with us, so it's okay, because we cannot compete with that. Those McElroys <laughs> have a strong grip on the podcasting. Um, but yeah, that's a really good one. I'm kind of sad that I forgot about it. <laughs> oh, well, moving forward. Uh, number three. This usually would be much higher on my list, but I mentioned earlier in the month my reservations of Spider-Man 3, and I kind of bundled all of the MCU big screen movies into this one um, to kind of also piggyback off of what Gary was saying about actually physically getting back into theaters. Um, There's something special about seeing a movie on the big screen. Uh, I do like the idea that I can just stream from the many streaming services that I dump money into on a monthly basis. But I really, really do love going to a theater and sitting in those chairs and getting surrounded by the sound and just absorbing a film for the first time with a bunch of strangers. There's something about it. It's an event. And it is. It's an event. And I mean, so much so that I was part of that Cinemark uh club thing where you paid like nine bucks a month got a ticket and like 20 percent off concessions um it was amazing deal. like you, <laughs> you know it was it was an amazing yeah. deal like it was well worth every penny and we used it uh, a lot and then you would build up points and you could use those points to get other tickets so like i was going and getting tickets with people um and i would every time a marvel film went out i'd go and see it on the big screen and the thought of being able to go and see, because I think conservatively by December, this is wishful thinking, hopefully not wishful thinking, that I can go to a theater on an opening day of a movie and sit down and watch it. And Spider-Man 3 fits that bill, no matter 
how upsetting it may be. I'm still excited for it. I, I always like seeing Spidey on the big screen. And um, if done well, this could be a fantastic film, um, introducing the, the multiverse into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and I know there's there are very differing camps between Tom Holland as Peter, but I've truly enjoyed Tom Holland taking on uh, the Peter Parker role. Um, I've, I was surprised when I was delving deeper into the internet how many people actually do not like Tom Holland and are giant Tobey Maguire lovers. Um, and a few people that really liked Andrew Garfield, which I'm still questioning to this day. Um, but I, I think a lot of it also has to do with some people's first exposure to the character. Um, and I think because my first exposure was in the comic book form, I think that I, I lean more into the, the Tom Holland version. Uh, so regardless, my number three is all the Marvel Cinematic movies. Black Widow's kind of on the bottom, but it, I think it's probably going to be better than I think it's going to be. Um, Spider-Man's at the top, and I'm concerned it's going to be worse than I want it to be. Darren? My number three is a little show called Stranger Things Season 4. It's only so low, and I do mean low, for number three on my list because it was summer 19 when we last visited Hawkins, Indiana. No real release date has been announced. Uh, rumors persist that season four occurs during Christmas time, so I could see it being as late as the holiday season. Um, listen, three seasons in, for something as high concept of Stranger Things, I don't think it lost anything off its fastball. They seem to be able to know what buttons to push and when to push them. And when they introduce characters, uh, new characters, they fit seamlessly into that little world. And uh, like um, Maya Hawk's character, I can't remember her name, at the, the, the Scoops Ahoy. She was fantastic. I mean, she easily could have been a detraction from that se this series, but she was wonderful. Um, listen, we already know that Hopper's alive and in Russia. They heavily implied that at the in the season finale anyway, season two, or three, excuse me. And this looks, So this one looks like it's not just going to be contained uh, to Hawkins, so I'm interested to see about that. Um, the, the, uh, the upside down seems to get incrementally larger with each passing season, which is also something to look forward to. And we also know, it has been confirmed, that Stranger Things Season 4 will not be its last season. So, um... It's one of those things that, you know, they only produce about eight se eight episodes a year. And it's only, you know, they actually not even a year. And it came out, what, 2016, I think. And they're, we're just now hitting season four. I don't know, man. It's just it's one of those things that I mostly, it would probably just evaporate from my radar for a long time. But this thing sticks with me. My son somehow knows about Stranger Things. I mean, I've, I, he's heard the song. Um, the, the theme, but I, I, I guess it's sort of everywhere and w with good reason. So that's my number three. Right. Those comic books are not hurting it either, by the way. The no, they're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah. How, how, uh, how far along are they in those issues wise? Uh, they're a lot of them. They're all minis. Like there's not, they're like filling in gaps of, uh, stuff that I think they've all been the show. four issue arcs, right? About four? Yeah. Science case um, really good. I know that Which was one? a series, Darren, yeah. that you recommended to me that I still haven't checked out yet. Which one? Uh, the Stranger Things. Oh, the show, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you, gotta, you, gotta see, you gotta see it. 
Um, uh, the Stranger Things Dungeons and Dragons uh, comic has been fantastic. It's like how playing the game has like solidified their friendship. It's really cool. Yeah, I saw I saw that on the shelf, and I was actually started considering picking that up. But again, I didn't know anything to watch or the story or. Yeah. It's definitely not as it you cannot appreciate it's the same level if you've not seen the show. Right. Well, that, that's kind of why I was asking. Mm-hmm. I know if it was one of those things you can kind of read on its own or if you needed to know the connections. I would not read them without seeing the show. All right. All right. My number three. Um, according to an article in Deadline from March 2020, in December of 2019, Legendary Entertainment, the production company behind such films as the Batman Begins trilogy, Superman Returns, Beer Fest, 300, Watchmen, and the most closely related Pacific Rim and Godzilla, signed Brian K. Vaughn to a three-year deal to pen a live-action mobile suit Gundam movie. Uh, Everything I was able to find had this movie expected to release January 1st of 2021 which uh, was earlier this month. So I have a feeling that was just kind of a placeholder. Um, Not only was that a few weeks ago, but if they had just signed him December of 2019, and then I find it hard to believe that they would have a script, filming, animation, and production would have been done in a year. But I didn't know this was something that was in the works. And with my affinity for big freaking robots, um that I don't have as much of an emotional attachment as I do to Transformers and the fact that I really enjoy the Pacific Rim movies, this seems like something I would enjoy watching. So I don't know if this has been put on the back burner, if this is still a go. Um, Like I said, I couldn't find anything past the initial signing. And like I said, it was projected for the start of January, which has already passed. But, uh, if this is upcoming, this is definitely something I'm going to want to take a look at. Are you a Gundam fan to begin with? Like I said, it falls in the genre of big freaking robots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, granted, they don't transform, but even like the old, you know, Veritex from the Robotech series or um, like, you know, like the Pacific Rim movies themselves, you know, I enjoyed. So um, piloted mechs. Mech Warrior, you know, all those games, things like that I always got into. Um, but no, I mean, like the Mobile Suit Gundam uh, cartoons, like I caught an episode now and then, but it wasn't everything I watched religiously. It just, I large robots, I'm in. You know, that that's that's the draw. Fair enough. And I just tried to give tons of great choices. They were actually working on like a real life super tall Gundam style robot somewhere out in Japan. Yeah. I saw some images. Yeah. Like the legs move and the arms move, but it's, it's not mobile at all. Really? No, they made a type. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that is my number three. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Pacific Rim was great. And Brian K. Vaughn's awesome. I, I really got into the saga series. So I like that a lot. Um, yeah, very cool. Um, my number three is the book of Boba Fett. So, uh, in the last episode, we discussed, uh, somebody extremely eloquently put, uh, out there for everyone to consume the, uh, the star Wars, uh, 21, 22 and 23 map, 
Uh, no, I'm joking, of course. It was um, but no, so Disney Plus released a whole bunch of information. This is the only one where we have a definitive uh, date for the 2021 release. So we know it's going to be coming in the holidays of 2021. I think every single individual who watched The End of Mandalorian Season 2 uh, in the post-credits scene leaped out of their chair and, and got super excited uh, when they put the, the title card up there of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. I, I think I mentioned before in the previous episode about the actors that play uh, Fennec Shan and uh, Boba Fett themselves, respectively. I think they've done. They're just compelling characters. Uh, again, if if um, if Filoni and uh, Fabro have their little fingerprints all over this thing, I'm going to be right there, ready for it, and trusting them wholeheartedly. I think they've done an amazing job of reinvigorating my love for the genre and the universe that they've uh, chosen to expand. And I think they've done an amazing job. And Book of Boba Fett is, is a number one on my list for uh, TV series that are going to be coming out um, that have to do with Star Wars. You know, at the end of Mandalorian, when that happened, the Luke Skywalker thing was spoiled for me. R2-D2's appearance was not, and that wasn't. So when I saw yeah, that oh, at good. the end, and could you have a better introduction to a series oh. like what else do you need to know gary i know you're not a star wars fan but you should just go look that up of how they introduced the book of boba fett you're gonna go yep that good luck beating him <laughs> yep it, it, it was the uh the i'm not gonna rest on ceremony shot right. that i was just like oh good i already know the tone of the show i that's all i needed was five seconds of, of this person and they've already nailed it yeah i thought i'm really excited about that one yeah, it's not so much on that. Man, I'm not as passionate. Like it's it's a number of things down my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still familiar with it. You know, I've I've seen. It occupies where Transformers mm-hmm. occupies for me. Maybe a little higher for me, yeah. honestly, but yeah, I like it. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm 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 almost rare with you, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. I mean that redemption arc of Baba Baba. Wow, Boba Fett. Really? Uh, right, Baba, Baba Feet. Famous Star Wars um, villain. That is the tired kicking in. Um, the the redemption story of Boba Fett during season two of Mandalorian was just uh, so good, and, and just the idea of that continuing. I yeah. They have to show us how he escapes the Sarlacc, right? I I they better they better. I mean, they alluded to it with all of the scars on his face in season two, but I I really think and man that the the way the actor portrayed that character just the the. The straightforwardness. I mean, he just, ah, just crushed it. I'm, I'm so excited to see what he does. With the character. Yeah, and he fi- Boba Fett finally earned his place in the Star Wars Hall of Badassery, where before he, he was like a Greg Oden of Star Wars villains. Like, yeah, he looked great. But he yeah, didn't really do anything. He's always. But you started been... to question why you liked him so much. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, I think it was the episode that Robert Rodriguez directed. I, I want to say it was episode number six. Uh, where they where they really brought the character back in, in full force. And when he decides to throw on the, the Boba Fett gear and just goes berserker mode on those stormtroopers, I yeah, I was leaping out of my chair for television. It just so, I, You're right. And I did have a question I wanted to ask you, Matt, and Phil, you, I want this is uh, this one for you too. So Luke Skywalker was spoiled for me. I postulated that I would have seen it coming anyway. If simple things like, who else was it going to be? He already gave us a Sakatano. It would have been 
a real downer if it was just some new created character. Like, the new created character could be all gone to be great, but if this is how you're introducing him by telegraphing it for a full season, it's not going to go over too well with the, the Star Wars fans. And also, when you know Boba Fett isn't going to be on the ship at the end because he can't, because he already knows Luke, I, 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 th I think I probably would have gotten there on my own. Not that it would. Did you figure it out, or was it? I know Phil. You said it was spoiled for you, Matt. Was it spoiled for you before you sat down? Not at all. No, but I've got a. I I don't really hang out on social media for the things that I enjoy watching. I was able to kind of avoid some of the big pitfalls with Game of Thrones, and um, you know, because I I don't always get the opportunity to see it when it's released. So I'm normally pretty good about avoiding those kinds of, of um, spoilers and things like that. And as I, I did not see the the Luke Skywalker thing coming, uh, you know, when they announced the X-Wing is arriving and all that stuff. I was like, oh, huh, interesting. But they had already introduced the X-Wing a couple of episodes before. Uh, and so I was like, well, maybe it's one of those characters coming back again. And then when they when they showed him coming through, I was like, oh, that I recognize the color of that lightsaber. Like, this is going to get good. And and it was right before they decided to do exactly what they needed to do. And and. It's been a minute since I had a physical response to a TV show's big release. And, and the music, going back on it, they did a beautiful job of, of syncing up the music build up along with it. And they spent, um, I, I didn't realize how long that scene was until I rewatched uh, Mandalorian. But that, that final scene with that is it's about six minutes long. And for a show that's only about 35, 40 minutes long, that's a big chunk of time be spending towards uh, uh some emotional pieces and yeah i thought they nailed it but no i did not see it coming so i loved it i loved every second of it i was so bummed i was literally reading a review about a headset for my playstation and someone in, a, in the responses said luke skywalker shows up at the end of season two of Mandalorian." what a turn i'm like why what who 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 enjoys life that was, like that I was watching Inside the NBA. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad. Uh, all right, moving forward. Number two. We ready? Now that my sadness is back. <laughs> all right, Gary, you're going to have to give me like a wave or something here because I feel like this could very likely be your number one. Um, so I'm going to say what it is, and maybe <laughs> I can talk about it if it is your number one. And that is Horizon Forgotten West. Is is that uh, okay? So I'm going to move forward because this will be a conversation later. Darren, what is your number two? All right. So this is a this is a little one outside of what I normally would do, but my number two is organizing my stuff. Um, in my 46 years on this earth, I have acquired some pretty awesome stuff. I didn't get married till I was 39. I lived in tiny apartments for a very long time. That means two things. Number one, I had a bit of a disposable income for a while. No wife, no kids, living in an apartment that was only like 400 bucks a month for quite a while. Um, I already had paid off my car at that point. And, you know, suddenly the things I thought were way out of my reach weren't so out of my reach for a little while. And number two, because I was living in these tiny apartments, I couldn't actually keep my stuff in my apartments. So they were stored elsewhere, like in my uh, grandmother's attic, my parents' basement, a storage locker or two. They were scattered all over the place. Then we bought our house, and I had been reunited with my stuff. Of course, we bought our house in 2012, 
and they've been largely stored in boxes shoved out of the way in a corner. So I had begun quite some time ago researching and planning on purchasing cabinets that would fit well in my basement to keep my stuff. Um, and I wanted it to be easily accessible, kind of like, yeah, look, Gary's showing us his awesome <laughs> display now. I mean, I'm, like, super jealous. Like, every time I would go over Gary's, I, I would see that. I'm like, man, that's how it's done, bro. I mean, you're going to have to put some uh, pictures of that up on the uh, old panel scanners uh, Instagram. Um, mostly because I do a terrible job of it. Um, but I wanted it easily accessible. Not like I had to pull something out to get to something else, to pull another thing out, open the box, realizing that wasn't it, put that one back, play basically Tetris around with stuff in the basement. So my thought was, and I'd started purging uh, a lot of stuff before I got married, because I just like, why is it, if it's just going to be in a box, what's the freaking point? Um, of course, this is, you know, going on 10 years ago now. Um, so especially with my comics, I do not find putting them in short or long boxes very um, agreeable to me to want to go and find a comic. It just does not work for me. I mean, I realize though something, I have way less comics than I thought I did. Because those short boxes, there's actually, I didn't realize there's three different sizes. There's the long boxes, which is kind of like the, everyone knows the long boxes. Then there's those short boxes, which are actually half boxes. I have like something that's a little bit smaller than the half box. So the equivalent of my comics is roughly three and a half long boxes, which really isn't that much. But I should be able to organize these things. I found an app called iCollect. I started using it two years ago because um, I wanted to test it out. So it's got a barcode scanner, and I've scanned comics as late as the 19... As like, like some, some 80s comics have the barcode scanner on it. And it probably eight times out of ten, the comic you have in your hand is the one it pulls up and puts up publisher information, an even issue number. And then you can export that into a Google Sheet um, to maintain it. So just to like have that list, because I don't know how many times... Like Gary... Uh, was super kind enough to get me Conan the Barbarian number 12, which I already had. And I didn't even know it. I was so excited to get Conan, Conan the Barbarian number 12 from Gary, like the original run. It's freaking great. I open it up and it's sitting right there. <laughs> you told me you had 1 through 11. I did. That's what I thought I had, Gary. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It does not diminish it at all. The other one's going on eBay. The one you got me is staying. All right? I was so, you know, literally, I got uh, Conan, 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 I would say Conan the O'Brien. There you go. Um, <laughs> I mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, Gary walked. He came over Sunday night. We were out in my garage. He gave me Conan the Barbarian. I almost did it again, number 12. I was really excited about this. And this is the problem. I already had it, and I didn't know. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, So I'm excited to go through all this stuff. I'm sure there's stuff in there that I don't even know I have. Um, I know that uh, Phil and I have talked about doing something an episode about this somewhere down the line. I think I'm putting myself in a really good position to speak expertly on it about what possibly you could do. I'm, I bought my first cabinet. I'm saving up for my next one. Probably going to get three to five of these things um, just for all the stuff. And then as soon, and then it's going to be easier for me to part with it, I think, because it's sort of like these mythical things in boxes. And then once I have it out there, like, oh, this week's worth a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I can, I can part with it for a couple hundred bucks. So, yeah, that's my number two, man. Finally uh, organizing my stuff. 
Right. I totally downloaded that app as soon as you said. You know, it's gonna. It takes a little bit of uh, work. The navigation's not the best, but I started putting stuff on there maybe even longer than two years ago, and it's for my jersey collection. Um, and I had to create that list, Phil, because it doesn't exist. And um, it's it's still everything's in there. The first couple of times it's gonna load a little funky for you, but after a while, and also. I have a pretty extensive Christmas ornament collection. My parents have been giving me one every year since like the 1980s. You know, do the math. I've got quite a few at this point. And I barcoded every single one of those, and each time they just pop right up. All your new comics, Phil, everything we've done since the beginning of the podcast, all that stuff's going to go on there with no problem. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that for that comics my board games. Yeah, I'll bet you. I think there's a board games one in there, too. Uh, a, a list you can create. Is this the same app you use for cataloging your Star Wars figures? Yes, uh, and I have not gotten anywhere close to finishing that. I tested a few of those on there, and obviously no barcode, but yes, it's the same one. But if okay. you go in there, they have a list specifically for the Star Wars figures. So like, if you type in Luke, it's going to give you each options for Luke, and you just click on the button, and it, and it goes in there. Okay, so I remember asking you about that, thinking you just had some sort of like a spreadsheet you worked no. on. And then you told me about that, and I'm like, oh, that's legit. Oh, okay. it's legit, and the Transformers is in there, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for, like, insurance purposes, you know, mm. God forbid something happens to this house. Yep, that's exactly right. Got no record of this stuff. There's the record. That's all you need. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, my number two, uh, I mentioned it in the last episode about the, uh, you know, upcoming, uh, the Lord of the Rings TV series. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, when I found out about this, I, I got excited. I have to admit, like I said, these, these were the books that I read voluntarily when I was forced to read and didn't want to. Um, you know, two seasons right now have been uh, confirmed. And uh, it just, like I said, it was a property that I always enjoyed. It does not seem like they're trying to uh, stuff this full of big name stars. And... I guess I don't really have much else to say about it other than I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I, I enjoyed watching Game of Thrones when it was on. I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies. Have I, you watched all of Game it, of Thrones? Oh, yeah. We, we, we binged like the first, I think, six seasons. And then like the last two, I think we watched in real time or something like that. Can I ask a question? Sure. Am I going to like that show? I think so. Okay. Um, I think you'll like parts of it. Um, it's, you'll have it's, the same same issues everybody else did. All right. Um, you're going to get attached to characters early on, and they're going to disappear. Um, and then you're going to, like everyone else, have this, this big build-up expected, this big resolution, and it's going to fizzle out. Hey, I watch The Sopranos. I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm well-versed in that. Right. I read the first book right before the first season. And I watched the first six episodes of the first season, and I liked it just fine. But it, it was so procedural to me, and I had just come off it – it's, it's funny. I, you go through a school year, almost all the reading you do is you know pedagogical, and I think my, my two colleagues here will agree with that. And then when, you, when I go into the summer – yeah, go ahead, Gary. Can you have a smaller word? <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, no, based on teaching. Yeah, okay. right. the, the the learning stuff. 
Um, <laughs> book learning. Learned. Book learning. Um, yeah. It's uh, it was almost too dry, where I needed something. I don't know. It's I needed something like a uh, an, an Elmore and Leonard book, not. not yeah. That yeah, that's yes. I needed something like that, not uh, George R.R. R. Martin, which was like, it was almost textbook-like. And I'm not saying that as an insult, uh, but that was the first one. And It's I, I, dense. Yeah, It's it dense. Is. He put, he's got a lot of world to build. Yeah, you're right. The Elmore Leonard is a nice palate cleanser. Though. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Great. I just uh, wondered, Gary. Fine. Nice. Yeah, that Lord of the Rings. I'm excited for that one too. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think every around this around this time of year, and once it kind of gets around the holidays, a little bit after the holidays, I always have to at least dip my toe back in the Lord of the Rings water. Uh, I think it's maybe because they release them around Christmas time each year, from 2001 to 2003, and I always seem to kind of watch at least one of those, if not two. Right now, I'm halfway through the Two Towers. I watched the Fellowship of the Rings, and these are extended versions, so I've I'm very not excited about them. seen them since they were in theaters. Oh, I really want almost to watch every them. single year, man. I could, I, I, I'd be a terrible person to watch them with. Why is I that? I can recite pretty much every line. It would be like going to Rocky Horror Picture Show with you, but you're doing it's, it with It's Lord no of the Rings. fun. I'm a very irritating person to watch those movies with. Um, and a terrible segue. Oh, go back. ahead. Sorry. So it's always good to get New Zealand back in, oh. back in the mainstream. I thought that was Shaker Heights. Oh, so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, my number two, uh, speaking of waxing nostalgic, I'm going to go back to a series that I got into when I was in high school. Uh, Darren and I were talking prior to the episode, uh, about Neil Gaiman and my fondness for Neil Gaiman. And so at all things, Neil Gaiman, I've been excited about, I've enjoyed his novels. Uh, love the, the Amazon series about good omens. Uh, I like the star series about American gods. Um, you know, any one of his comic books I really enjoyed, um, I think I misspoke earlier when I was talking about the Assassin's Creed series starting production back in October. That's actually this one here. The Sandman adaptation uh, started recording back in October. Uh, and if you guys remember, the Sandman adaptation was, uh, I believe, the late 80s, early 90s uh, iteration of, of his uh, version of that um, follows the character Dream. Uh, they're going to be going through that. Um, I believe that there's... Um, Oh, a uh, three-name actor that played uh, in um, Dark Knight Rises. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Fantastic actor, though. Uh, he's been attached to it as one of the executive producers. Um, so the Sandman adaptation is it's one of those ones that I believe is supposed to be releasing later in the year. Casey. I'm really, really, really excited about that. Yep. Round and third-headed for home. Awesome. I forgot that was uh, I forgot that was even going to be a thing. Yeah, they they put I had to put a pin in it. Uh, they've been talking about doing it for a while now. I think they finally got the ball rolling, and of course, COVID hit, and so they got the ball re-rolling uh, this fall, this last fall. Sorry, so I'm excited about that one a lot. That's I think awesome. the three name actor you were thinking of is Dave Steve Dave. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, three first names that can't be good. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Darren gets that reference. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. You guys ready to bring this home? Let's do it. All right. So the thing that I am looking forward to the most this year is the Disney plus Marvel TV shows. Um, if they can get anywhere close to killing it, like Mandalorian did with star Wars um, and just with the, 
pure separation that we the big screen or the small screen. Uh, I, I think I'm hungry for this because the only real interaction with new Marvel stuff that I've had this past in the past year was that Miles Morales Spider-Man um, video game for PlayStation, which is fantastic. But um, it, it, it isn't the same as sitting down and watching something. So I, I have them as a collective: WandaVision, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon, Loki, Miss Marvel. Um, and probably the one I'm the most excited for, and Darren and I have gushed a bit, is the the What If uh, animated. I think it's going to be very different. But I will find out, actually, by the time we post this, I probably will have watched the first episode of WandaVision. Um, so hopefully I'll be happy and have written something about this on Instagram by now about uh, my joy or upset level of that first episode. So just... I, and, and again, when I was reporting on this earlier in the month, when I realized that we're pretty much getting an episode a week for the remainder of 2021, uh, which with the live action stuff, that that's that's a lot. That's a lot of potentially good hitting us and something that will keep me entertained and actually wanting to watch a show on my own uh, again, kind of like Mandalorian does and. Maybe Miss Marvel will end right when Mandalorian or uh, Book of Boba Fett start up and I will have endless television and it'll make me a very, very, very happy little nerd. So uh, 100% MCU Disney Plus is what I'm looking forward to the most this upcoming, well, this year. Man, we're in it. I have to say, if I had remembered about What If, because it feels like it's been so long, it would have been on my list somewhere. Um, I could even just say I'll replace the Atari VCS with what if right now. Um, that's cool. I, there's so much coming. It's insane. We used to talk on the podcast all the time that you have to actually make decisions about what's out there. And that was pre Disney plus. That's like, I, I still said like, there's a TV show for all these DC heroes. I can't watch them because there's no way I'm watching all nine shows. Um, so it, it's, that's insane. So my number one, uh, this you know usually I think Phil you're you're pretty good at guessing this, and I think it's you know it would have been Cobra Kai if I if I had not spoken of Cobra Kai yet you would have easily gotten it. Um, <laughs> anyone want to take a guess at this? So my number one could be I've been trying to guess yours, Matt, since we spoke the other night, and I got nothing. Um, we already know what Gary's is. I don't know what Phil's is because I wasn't listening. Um, no, I just Phil. I can't imagine how excited I. All that's even the Star Wars stuff. I mean, it, that's insane. Anyone want to take a guess though? Once in future, I don't know. Nope. I mean, that was where I was beating around, but I just around Super Bowl. What day is this? This would be two weeks from where we're recording, so January twenty first. We wouldn't know yet. Um, considering that is widely regarded as one of the signs of the apocalypse, I don't know no. what to root for. It's true. I mean, hey. But if we're going to go out, <laughs> that's why I have to browse in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, Right, right, right. Clark and Lois? No, that was <laughs> number six. Oh, that's right. Um, it's it's within the DC universe. Like Washington DC universe or like DC? No, well, so. if that still exists by this point, we don't actually <laughs> know. Michael Keaton as Flash in the Flash stuff? As Flash? As Batman. No, in Phil, Flash. Phil, you got it. Phil, you got it. Um, 
Now, the Flash movie is not due to come out until 2022. However, we're going to start seeing images of this. We already saw concept art. And Batman was in the concept art for the Flash movie. Did you guys see the concept art? He's the Batman is standing alongside the Flash. It is clearly the Michael Keaton Batman um, in that, and it's oddly the biggest selling point to see the Flash is Batman. Um, this is something I think all the DC faithful are going to be waiting for, and it, it takes me back. I know Tim and I have very similar experiences with that 1989 Batman movie where you know it, it's so hard to envision that back then it was easy to not know something like that was approaching and I remember sitting in a movie theater and I don't remember what movie I was sawing and I bet you it didn't matter because you're watching a trailer for a movie and it's the Batman trailer if you go back and watch the Batman trailer it's you know Batman talking to Kim Basinger and all this and you don't actually know and he says like and you are? Oh, Bruce Wayne. And you're like, hey, that's weird. That's Batman. And then, like, the next thing you see is the back of the Batmobile. And I'm, I remember going, wait, what's this? And then there's that scene where they show Batman descending behind those two goons. And that's the first time you see Batman. And I just remember going, whoa, look at that. And then when you see him kind of come out of the shadows, he looks scary in that. And the whole I'm Batman thing, is there a better introduction to a superhero character? I mean, I know the helicopter scene in Superman is something I often cite, but who, who are you? I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. And, like, and he says it in such a way like, who do you think I am? <laughs> um... It's just, I remember, like, holding my face watching that movie when I finally saw it. Like, oh, my God. I was terrified of Batman. So, seeing him come back, and, I, of course, he's going to have to have, like, I'm just, they sort of already used the Frank Miller armored bat suit. So, I'm very interested to see what he's going to look like. And, are they grafting... The Anton first Tim Burton vision of um, Gotham, which the set designs and that first Batman movie are really creepy, really gothic, very strange, but it just looks like Batman should be there. Batman Returns got a little bit crazy, but... I just, that, that Batman, that Batman 1989 movie to this day is still one of the most, like from a design standpoint, for someone who devoured film, who doesn't want to watch it now, but devoured film, and specifically, I used to watch, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this, when a big blockbuster movie would come out, invariably one of the networks would have a special about it, like a one hour special about the making of the movie. Do you remember this? Like, all the big, like, Labyrinth had one, Dark Crystal had one, all the Star Wars movies, all the Indiana Jones, Batman had one, Superman had if, if there was a big blockbuster coming out, they had a one-hour network special about making the movie. And I remember recording that Batman one, and they talked about, like, so many of the set pieces you see in Batman, they built those things. Like, now it's all CGI, right? But 
they built that city. That Gotham City was built. You could go and walk around in that thing. Um, and it's just, from I've heard, they are incorporating that design principles into a futuristic Gotham. They said it's going to be kind of a cross between Tron and that Batman movie. And that's something like, I have to see what that looks like. So, but the before we get to that, I cannot wait to see Michael Keaton. It's either going to be a, a, a an image release or a trailer. So that's my number one. So, Phil, are you guys going to fight over Michael Keaton? Batman or Vulture? Well, well no, he's supposed to be Vulture no, in the uh, Sinister Six version, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, he's Batman. Like... Oh, it's fine. Yeah, they, they kind of almost can't use him now, right? I don't know. He was great in that movie. I, I, I thought he was one of the highlights. Now, very good. am I right, though? I, I haven't seen it. There was no real reference of him being Batman in that movie, right? No. Okay, I didn't think Not that, that I can remember, no. I think it was it was too on the nose. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I feel I do have a question for you, though. And, you know, I, and uh, we'll have to talk about this. You know, I do consider myself a comics guy, but here I am waxing poetic, not necessarily a DC guy. You being a Marvel guy, but, you know, producing a podcast as we have for a long time. When you heard this, did this move the needle for you a little bit? Not really. Just because I've been burned way too many times with DC movies that it's not enough for me to go, yay! Well, I'm not talking about that. Just the fact that, wow, Michael Keaton's back as Batman. That's that's kind of a big deal. No, because, I, I mean, it, I think it really depends on, like, how big of a role is he going to play. I assume a relatively big one, or they wouldn't be making as big of a deal about it as they are. But I just... It's the same thing that I'm running into. Like, I don't care about The Flash. I never have. Mm-hmm. And if it's a movie about The Flash... It's not pulling me in to see that. Um, it'll be one of those things that if it releases on HBO Max, I'll watch it. Um, I don't see myself dragging, unless like I hear from you that the movie itself is very good. I most likely will not drag myself to the theater to see it. It's not It's not enough. And there, that, you're also talking about another year yeah. between now and then. And I might be burnt out. After just, I, I mean, last month talking about all the Marvel stuff that's dropping, I may not want more. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. Hey, Matt, what about you? I don't know where you are with uh, Batman and Michael Keaton. Um, I, I I would assume that it was something you consumed when it came out, and you're probably pretty yeah. enthusiastic. So when you heard about this, I could see it going both ways. All right, so I could see it like, God, the guy's almost 70, and he's going to be Batman? Or uh, do you, or, but, but being informed readers and viewers, we know that it really doesn't matter how old Batman is. It, it, it kind of doesn't. Did, so did this get you uh, interested at all? Uh, you know what? I've always liked, it's kind of hard because um, I've always liked Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne and I didn't mind his Batman, but I always thought that Christian Bale nailed the Batman part of it. And I know we kind of talked about this in a prior episode. I, I really like the tone of the Christopher Nolan movies. And so that's going to be the one, but you know what? I do remember very specifically, not so much the first Batman, but oddly enough, the second Batman uh, with Catwoman and Penguin. When I, I just remember very, very specifically the, the promotional campaign that went with that and, and you know, going out to McDonald's and, and actually getting the, the Batman cups and then going over to uh, the theater and, and seeing it. And I remember where I saw it specifically. I have the theater that I Batman standee right over there the whole time. I was just going to yeah. ask you about yeah, that. It's still there. It's there. 
Yeah, yeah. so I don't know. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I do enjoy it. Uh, I enjoyed those films, and I thought Tim Burton had a really nice touch. But, um, but yeah, I thought that in terms of his uh, Bruce Wayne, I, I've always really liked him as Bruce Wayne character. Yeah. See, I'm the exact opposite. I think he was a better Batman, and Christian Bale was a better Bruce Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, why not? Sure. Gary, uh, briefly. I always, I, always, I, I always saw him as like a comedic actor. You know, Beetlejuice, oh, yeah. uh, Mr. Mom. Yeah. You know, like, and then when they, you know, had him as Bruce Wayne, I thought he was a kind of an odd choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and everyone I didn't did. Think he was like, you know, the the flamboyant playboy, you know, that Bruce Wayne was supposed to be. You know, I I don't know what I was expecting him to look like, but it wasn't Michael Keaton, oh, right? Right. I don't know. That that was, I guess, how I went into it. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, to be clear. I and then do. there was the whole thing with our, you know, our high school basketball coach, you know. Oh, but. yeah. Literally, our high school basketball coach looked exactly like Michael Keaton. It was crazy. Darren um, <laughs> used to hide Matt cowls in his closet and stuff. And To be clear, I'd, I'd rate that 1989 Batman movie, you know, I think it's fourth or fifth on my Batman favorite Batman movies. Something we'll get to at some point. Gary. All right. Well, uh, Phil touched on this. And in all honesty, this was going to be a mic drop for me, so I didn't really want to elaborate on it much. Um, I am much looking forward to Horizon Forbidden West on the PlayStation 4 for me, because I do not have the 5. Oh, it is coming out on the 4. That's good. Yes. You'll be um, I got into Horizon Zero Dawn. Hold on. Keep going, Gary. I'll tell Phil we can't hear him. Go, keep going, Gary. I'll tell Phil we can't hear him. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got into Horizon Zero Dawn late. So it is still fresh in my memory. Um, I again, you know, it's a sequel. I honestly can't imagine it being better than what was already out. But I, it, it's it's still, I, I still taste it, you know, and I want more, and more is coming soon. Um, yeah. You know, I picked up the comic book series. I, I main to you know, went through the slow start on that series just because of the source material. And um, Darren, like you said, you know, you don't have time for okay movies. You've met, you've made that mention about video games as well. This is probably going to be the only game I play religiously for the year. Um, I'll do some stuff with my, my son on his switch or, you know, something like that. Some, you know, multiplayer stuff, but this is the one that I'm going to sit down and play for hours on end. Phil, since I cut you off on your number two. No, you're fine. I was having bandwidth issues anyway, um, which I just think uh, my significant other started streaming something and it just gave it a hiccup. Um, wireless, not always the best in closed rooms. Um, so, yeah, I I was just bragging that it's going to look a lot better on the PS5 mostly um, since I got my grubby little palms on one. Um, who knows? By the time it comes out, you might be able to score one perhaps um i mean not that it looked bad on the four i mean no it won't breathtaking it'll be fine it it won't it it, it's just honestly when that game first came out and i I talked to darren about it right when i played it and how much it just blew my socks off and how it wasn't it was like a lot of things i played before but it was so unlike anything i'd ever played before at the same time it felt very good to play. It had similarities to Witcher, which I had just spun out of Witcher three. Uh, this the spinning um, 
shoulder button, uh, quick switch to different weapons and abilities was something I was comfortable with, but that story just floored me. And I, I think that's my biggest concern with Forbidden West is that I don't know if they can capture lightning in a bottle a second time. Right, um, exactly. way. However, that's, that story, that mic drop, as you were going to say, this was for you, that mic drop from that story, that finding out that twist at the end, which I don't want to say out loud in case for some reason someone has not experienced it, which you're doing yourself a disservice if you've not played and beaten that game. Um, it's a great piece of storytelling. Uh, I, I think there might be a lot of really interesting things. And to I, maybe appeal even more to Darren is I think there may even be a uh, Western feel to part of it. The idea of exploring this land that uh, necessarily people, at least that tribe doesn't really know. So I, I think it could be very, very, very cool. So I'm unbelievably excited for it. It's, it's the game I'm the most excited for this year, for sure. Very cool. Take us home, Matt. Excellent. Um, well, I could have brought up a couple of things, you know, just kind of revisiting some of my honorable mentions. Uh, I could talk about the expanse season five, specifically it's coming up on its finale here on uh, a little bit, an amazing show if they haven't started it going to the theater. You guys mentioned, I'd love to go out and have a drink at a bar uh, without a mask on would be pretty amazing. I'd like to go out and get another tattoo this year, maybe just uh, celebrate the 2020 that was uh, I mentioned experiencing the world on two wheels and I'm a sneakerhead, So I know they've been rumoring the Jordan four military blues, but none of that, none of that comes close to the girlish squeal I let out when I first saw the trailer for Dune. Oh, that's right. Dune is supposed to be coming out in the fall. Dune is arguably my favorite science fiction novel that's ever been made. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful crossover. It borrows a lot from uh, Middle Eastern um, religious history. It's, it's just stunningly done. It's Frank Herbert. It is probably the the cornerstone to modern science fiction having come out in their uh, early to mid 60s. Uh, I think 1964 is when it came out. There's been multiple efforts to try to get this off the ground, uh, including a absolute dud of a film that came out in the 80s. Uh, but if you want to see Sting in a pair of underpants, you can go ahead and watch that. I don't recommend it. Um, but they're coming out and uh, it's going to be with one Timothy Chalamet. And uh, also there's going to be a handful of really rock solid actors in it. Jason Momoa is going to be in it. Uh, I believe um, uh, Oscar Isaac plays the part of Leo Atreides. Um, it's just going to be outstanding. Uh, I think anybody who's gotten the opportunity to see it, uh, it, the trailer should be very, very excited for it. Um, you know, I hope we get the opportunity to see it in the theater. I know HBO Max is doing their um, co-release with it, similar to what they did with Wonder Woman 84. Um, but, you know, Dune is really just, when Darren said come up with the top 10 list, I mean, it was number one with a bullet for me. Uh, very, very excited for this one. Very excited for this one. I can't believe I didn't get that. Cause you, uh, you, we spent a good long time talking about that one night. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing stuff. I'm excited for that. Also, it looks fantastic. Oh man. So obviously there is a lot coming this year and I'm sure we didn't even touch on everything because even going through one another's lists, there were things that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, I mean, there's a lot of year ahead of us. They drop things on us constantly, things that we think we might get to see this year might get pushed back and things might get rushed forward. 
And that's always part of the fun of making it through a year. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we uh, wrap it up? Dark Crystal season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the surprise of the year for sure. I know we would be over the hill with it. Well, I if we don't have anything else, thanks guys for for uh, you know joining me tonight. It's always fun to chat about the stuff. I know Darren and I have been doing these lists for. Is this our eighth one of these Darren uh, that's a good question I, I don't know how many of these we've produced um I, but it's I, up I there. Enjoy it. it's uh I, I, there's a couple of things tonight I, I didn't know were coming like I totally forgot about dune that thing looks amazing um totally forgot about one if I'm I'm all for that and uh in the more and more I think about it the more and more I'm all for horizon uh forbidden west so I'm excited about it you know but next month uh get a little someone's gonna pop their panel scanners cherry so to speak and gary's going to do a retroactive review for the first time we don't know what he's going to do yet i'm not sure if he knows what he's going to do yet but i'm i'm looking forward to that that might have made my list and phil what else we got yeah, that's a... yeah so also next month we're going to do uh, some favorite comic book love storylines to kind of rub up against that valentine's day that drops in february and if you forgot that's coming up you might want to look into that everyone uh because that'll be a little bit of fun and i think we might get a little a bit of a twist on that also which is always great uh so if there isn't anything else we will see you next month and until then enjoy your comics <laughs>